Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today is a listener submission. Hi, everybody on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And today is a listener submission day. Hooray! Yay! Thank you. And this one is a gift from the lovely Anna Maria, who I coach with, and her man friend gentleman friend <laughs> her boyfriend gentleman caller i don't know Bo, whatever we want to call it is it not Boo. facebook official yet what is it not facebook official oh no 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 it, it is i just i i don't i never know how to do do that relationship status the right way oh uh, that's fair that's just because i just don't know i'm just not but eric kudos eric hi eric i got to meet him i sent him off to a couple of the local breweries and after that he's like oh you do understand what good beer is and you like beer okay good i'm i'm with you we we can be on the same page um but he's living in st louis currently and he after a tournament sent anna maria back with some extra beers from one of their local breweries called um chestnut hill urban chestnut urban chestnut sorry um it's Urban Chestnut. So Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, um, their whole thing is they have, um, they're going after this old world meets new world kind of vibe. So they try to make sure that they respect the old world styles. In fact, their head brewer, his name is Florian, and he's actually from Bavaria. Ooh. So like lots of street cred there. Um, Legit and shit. And, but then they also want that kind of urban vibe of, you know, American urban culture to try to update and invigorate some of the styles Hmm. so the chestnut is a big um is their kind of logo their calling card because chestnut trees were frequently planted in brewing in like beer gardens and things like that okay to provide shade of course but also um it would keep the earth cool enough because a lot of times the beer gardens would be on top of local storage facilities of where they might be cooling the beer or storing the beer so it keeps the earth a little cooler there too. Gotcha. So I like that idea, and I thought that was really cool. Um, so their beers mostly come in two or three different series. <laughs> they have um, the Revolution series, which is their American craft, which is uh, focusing on American craft styles. Then they have the classic European styles, which is their Reverence series, and they also have their small batch Bavarian brewed imported style ones, which is their Hallertau series. Um, and we have ones from the Revolution series today. And the Reverence. And the Reverence series. We have two from the Reverence series and one from the Revolution series. And the first one has one of my favorite, I think it's my new favorite beer name. Like if we were, to, if I was to have to answer the six pack of questions, this might be my new favorite beer name. It's Schnickelfritz. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I can just say it over and over. <laughs> Schnickelfritz. Yeah. Schnickelfritz. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. You know what it reminds me of, uh, which is, we're going to get to see it. The new one um, is uh, Super, Super, Troopers. Super Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as our 50 shades of gray. <laughs> so what, what are you what are you freaking out about yeah, over there what, by the what way am i cracking up about yeah i i decided that i had to go to urban dictionary to see what it said about urban chestnut okay and, oh boy uh, so oh, jesus so the the top definition on urban uh dictionary for urban chestnut is an urban chestnut is what you leave on a hooker's blouse or any silly city dweller when she blows you off in a st louis alley <laughs> In a St. Louis alley. Right, and that's why I started that's cracking up so much. 
Holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Also, a St. Louis craft brewery, which you may have visited before, buying the BJ and depositing the urban chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's amazing. Which is why I was cracking up so much. That's, it's literally <laughs> referenced on Urban Dictionary. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to hold on to that link. I'll throw that in the show notes. That's worth there it. There you go. Um, wow. But yeah, Schnickelfritz is a great name. Um, there's some good uh, verbiage on the side of the bottle that I think we should wait to read until okay. uh, until afterwards. All right. Um, I was going to read their, um, oh. their little background here um, and give you some of the stats on it. It is yeah. a Bavarian-style vice beer. Um, and their little story about it online is not too long ago, the beer world lost one of its modern icons, Pierre Salas. Pierre almost single-handedly resurrected what is today one of the most popular styles of craft beer, the Belgian wit, a deliciously refreshing wheat beer originally crafted by Belgian farmers in the middle centuries. Today, the style has a generous range of flavor and is often infused with a variety of spices, primarily coriander and dried citrus fruits. In keeping true to Mr. Celsus' homeland of Belgium, we additionally brew ours with unmalted wheat using a very thorough mash regimen. Schnickelfritz comes in at 5.2% ABV with 13 IBUs. They color it at light gold with a 12 degrees Plato for the OG. Has Hallertau tradition, East Kent Goldings hops, and uses Pilsners and unmalted wheat. Mm. Things. So I love that they. I love when they give you just that little bit extra bit of information in there. I'm like, that's all I wanted. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need like you know the like what you know, like I don't need the whole recipe. I just want half a step more than they normally give. I like it. The uh, the aroma on this is I mean what you expect from a Weiss beer. You get a little bit it's of clove, very, but a lot of bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, I really get bubble gum. I don't pick up much clove. Just a little hint in the background. I get some spice, and it says it warmed up my glass a little. But I'm gonna it, shake uh, mine up a little yeah. bit. Try to get a little bit more of the. Uh, it is con- considerably. Uh, the clarity is considerable given that this is uh, an unmalted well, yeah, wheat beer yeah. in the grist here. Yeah, it is, it's pretty good. It's pretty good for that. It's still cloudy, though. I mean, it's still still it's on. It's it's still, it definitely yeah. has a haze, but yeah, haze, you know, that's the right word it's, for it. It's the, the clarity is you know, much clearer than I would anticipate. Oh, this is good. Yeah, this is solid. This is a really good Weiss beer. Yeah, it, little, it, I, lo- I love bubble gum. I love that bubble gum kick. See, I, I don't like... It the the bubble gum on the flavor is kind of subdued. Yeah, like it's not as present as I would anticipate from the aroma. Correct. Yeah, which is why in, I enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, if the flavor follow through with the aroma, it'd be like straight through. It would be overpowering. I, it would put me off. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I really, I really like that. But that bubble gum kick to it, um, it's tasty and it's light and clean. Justin, you house that. Yeah, you you enjoy. You want, there's some more in here. Yeah, I'm gonna have more. I I really like it. It's uh, everything you guys said is perfect. It's really clean, so it finishes clean, and you but you get all of the different flavors. Like there's a little yep. bit of spiciness up front, mostly the, a bubble gum to the finish, mm-hmm. but in a, in a really good way, and it it cleans the palate. And then you're like, wait, I want to try it again. And yeah, there's enough complexity to it that I want to keep drinking it, so I can keep picking out all the different notes in it. Yeah, the the coriander gives it like a, a you know a nice hint of citrus on the flavor that's not overpowering to the point where it puts me off it as well. And it doesn't like a lot of wheat beers and especially you know beers that try are trying to be Weiss beers. Right. They just are. They they finish too sweet. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. has a nice dryness on on the palate, so that like I'm like when I take a sip. I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, and I'm not like sweet. I think you hit. It, I think you hit it perfect there. It's the dryness that makes this drinkable. Um, 
I'm not usually too much opposed to the sweet of it, but I don't like when Weiss beers get to be can't get to be the candy sugar yeah sweet. they they get to be like candy yeah cloying. which to me that's almost getting closer to like a blonde like a like a belgian blonde style with that candy and i don't really want that as much yeah i mean that's something else too like belgian blonde should re- finish really dry like this does yeah so that you know you don't have that lingering sweetness on on your palate yeah the uh What's interesting to me, like I said, is the complexity of the flavor. As I, I just poured myself some more because I really like it, and um, as it warms up, the bubble gum is fading more for me. I can't tell if that's true or if I'm getting used to it or what it is, but it's fading a little bit and coriander showing up a little bit more. It's just like a, I don't know, it's alive. It's really cool. Well, I'm pouring myself a little second on this one too because, Mark, there's there's a splash left. You want it? I'll come back to it later. Okay, but this is really this. I almost like this as much as I like the name of it. I really do. Like it's fa- <laughs> it, it's um, perfect. I'm gonna give the, the read to the back here. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly what I w- wanted to wait for because it, it it's good. And the unmistakable characteristics of this Bavarian style Weiss beer are achieved with a yeast that are cr- that creates a decidedly fruit and phenolic beer. You may also note clove and banana like aromas as flavors as you pour and enjoy the beer in a traditional tall wheat beer glass. Prost. Yeah. Um, we're drinking out of little uh, tulip glasses, which I think is acceptable in this situation, but I can totally see how, pardon me, the taller glass with that wider head would allow those aromas to escape more, and re- that's just not going to work. It's sitting there, is it? Oh, I didn't use <laughs> I've been leaning my phone against it. For anybody, for anybody, anybody listening, uh, Kevin had his phone leaned up against the the water pitcher. I didn't see it. I just picked up the water pitcher. That's what you, yeah. that's what you heard crashing. Um I think that I could see that how that shaped glass could really help to create a a brighter nose on this, <clears throat> but I don't think it needs it at all. Well, the other thing, like the other point of those wheat glass, wheat beer, wheat glass. beer glasses, right, is that uh, the narrow, the height and the narrowness mm-hmm. is uh, designed to show off like the the clarity of the beer. But right. also to concentrate the head so you get like a really yeah. tall, you know, right. pillowy head. Which I this beer I think is great already, but could would only benefit from that too. To have a little bit more of the head in there might yeah. be ni- might be nice to kind of uh create that little bit of creaminess that you get from the from the from good sudsy head on there. Might be interesting to change the texture of it just a little bit, but I'm really into this one, and I'm going to rate it as a growler. Like, I could just start housing these. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm right there with the growler. Yeah. It was, I don't know, it, This is that's my lawnmower beer. Like, that's the one that I, I want on a hot day yeah. that I can just, I can drink. I can drink that one beer pretty much all day and be happy, and it's a pretty rare occurrence. Mark, what are you thinking about this one? I'm going to stick with just the bomber on it. Okay. Because I, I do enjoy it and I could drink the two, but it's just not crisp enough where I want the whole growler. Okay. So you want a little bit more of a crisp crisp finish for that. Yeah, and, like, the dryness definitely helps it, uh, but, you know, maybe it's the bubble gum character or something. Like, it's just, like, it's not quite lawnmower beer for me. It's okay. just, like, half a step away from it. I, I'm, I understand how it's not lawnmower beer for you, um, I'm going to agree. I probably don't want to drink it for a lawnmower, but 
I could totally just hang out and drink this at a barbecue all day. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, w- I would just want a little more variety. It's it's uh, it's good, but I don't know. Is there's, there's it's just missing something that makes me want to go. Yes, I want to drink this all day. Okay. Um. Well, uh, I'm interested in what we got now because I don't know what to think about it yet. Okay. Well, the next beer that we're gonna drink is the number one from the Revolution series, which is their Winged Nut. It's an ale brewed with chestnuts. And for some more info here, um, it is um. <clears throat> They call it an unusual little bird. It's a little on the flighty side at 5.4% ABV, and it's a little on the wacky side because we brew with finely milled chestnuts. Um, Willamette hops. Go for it, somebody. Willamette! And we ferment it with a Bavarian Weiss beer. I was unprepared. All of these nuances contribute to its nutty personality. So 5.4% ABV with 25 IBUs. It's a nice copper color, just slightly heavier at 13 degrees Play-Doh. Only the Willamette hops is used from the U.S. And it uses Munich and Munich malts and chestnut flour. But love the I love this that amber color that you get with this one. Like I love that color. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's borderline. It's, it's, it's borderline pretty. ruby. I mean it's nice. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, yeah, it's pretty close to an Irish red in appearance. Yeah, I just I just think it's a I just think it's a gorgeous color. Yeah, like no, it, not just in beer, just like in general. Like I love that color. I really need some help with what the aroma is. I get some nuttiness on the aroma. Okay. Because weird is the only thing I can call it. I don't want to call it weird because it's not it's not unpleasant by any stretch of the imagination. I just can't really put my finger on what I'm smelling. Yeah, I guess it's a little nut, a little I mean, bit of nuttiness. It might um I'm trying to just smell it and not have it like be impacted by what I've just read with it saying that it has it, but and it might be just that it's the same glass, but you still kind of get a little bit of the same kind of nose from the like a leftover nose from the from that weiss beer i get i get uh it's a good chance that it's the same yeast strain Mm -hmm. but uh perhaps this is fermented a bit cooler than the schnickelfritz yeah the schnickelfritz might be fermented warmer to really uh shoot out that bubble gum the bubble gum yeah Yeah, where this this i get more clove Mm -hmm. on the aroma yeah um i get clove and i get like a little bit of like roasted nut yeah, and I think that, I think that's the chestnuts. I think it's that the nut, the milled nuts that are in there. Flavor is pretty outstanding. Yeah, it's very smooth, um, sweet, little sweet, little yeah, little little sweetness. Um, kind of, uh, kind of like a nut butter in the yeah. flavor. Yeah, I would definitely say that's accurate. Um, this reminds me of. It reminds me of like a nut brown beer without. The aggressive hops. Yeah. Um, like a lot of times when I like nut, uh, I like when breweries will make a nut brown. I usually go after that one and try it because I just think it's good. But they tend to, because it's American craft, they got to like hop the crap out of it. Right. Um, this one tastes like they kind of made that and then they were just like, oh, I forgot the hops. Like, oh, I, I, did, I just yeah, didn't. Yeah, no, hop it. the. You know, like, Oops, I forgot the hop series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but I definitely get that same kind of vibe from it. But it's really tasty. And yeah, like the 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 showcase on this beer is the the yeast character mm-hmm. and also the the nut flour. Like yeah. The, yeah, those are the two flavors that are showcased. Yeah, then then the milled. I don't know. I'm not one of those guys that like around Christmas time I roast the chestnuts and I peel them apart. Nah, you know my grandmother used to do that. She was the one like, oh hey, I gotta have the big bag of chestnuts, and she'd sit there for hours peeling them and. Eat them up. No, 
but I do like incorporating chestnuts like in my in my stuffing. If I actually make oh, my, yeah. like a, a chestnut and cornbread stuffing, which is pretty awesome, and I love that one. But you get that kind of that earthy nuttiness to it, and I really enjoy it. This is to me. This could be like an everyday drinker. Just like it's just there. It's just that beer that's old, standby, ready to go. Yeah, I, I could definitely have a stack of this in the fridge. Yeah, I, this is uh, the finish to me is the part I like the most because you kind of get a little bit of a bold sweetness up front, like you know caramelly a little bit, and then it kind of finishes nice and soft. And I'm I'm gonna guess that's from the nuts. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never had a chestnut my whole life. Never even eaten. Mm-hmm. Never eaten one. Um, but it, the finish is, is intriguing to me. And it also could be part of the yeast character too. Um, I think it's the thing that I, from the first two beers we've had, the yeast characters they're getting is pretty outstanding. Yeah. They've got, if they, even if they, even if it's the same strain as in the last one, that's a cool one. I'd use that all the time also. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> it's a cool part about that. Those types of yeast from different temperatures, you can bring out different you characteristics. Out, yeah, yeah. Wildly different, uh, yeah. characteristics. We'll see what happens. I'm brewing a Belgian blonde next weekend, so we'll see what we'll see how that goes. Right. I'll, I'll make an attempt at doing something like 25 percent as good as they did. Well, um, I'll get the rating started on this one, and for me, this one's going to be a bomber. Um, I really like. They have some cool glasses. This uh, this uh, pint nine ounce glass. Yeah, I like the bottles. bottle, and they're kind of cool shape as well. They're a little bit different. I guess it's more of a European kind of shape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could just see slamming one of these guys perfectly. But um, two, you know, a pint, and pints not not enough. Have the two pints of it, and but I mentioned before, everyday drinker. Like, I if I at my favorite restaurant, you know, or at my favorite brew pub, I would love to have this on tap and just be like, yeah, I'm having a burger, I'm having one of these, and that's a primo meal. Um, I was just reading the the text inside of the uh, bottle from afar, right? And it does. We, I guess we'll, we'll read it when we're done with the ratings, but it does mention that it's the same Bavarian uh, yeast strain. Okay. From the Weiss beer. Yep. So. Well, it says a Bavarian Weiss beer yeast strain. It okay. It's the same one. But, but yeah, I mentioned I would, that I would assume. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I would I, assume it would be. Yeah. I would imagine that they, they're, the brewery is not maintaining two <laughs> separate Weiss beer yeast strains. Yeah. But hey, you know, if you have an actual Bavarian headmaster, you know, head brewer, maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I just find it unlikely. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this one, Mark? What are you going with? For I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a growler. Um, you know, it might take me a couple of days to work through that growler, but I I like it. I you know, I like the finish on it. I like the flavor, and I could definitely drink more than two of these. We always talk about you putting beer in waffles, and uh, we were lucky. I was lucky enough to have some, which were fantastic. Yeah, they were good this morning. Um. When you make put beer in waffles, like if you put this beer in a waffle or the Weiss beer. Would you notice any of these like any of these yeast characters in that in that end result? Do you think? I'm just curious. I just thought about it now. The waste beer, I think, would be lost. Uh, I don't think you'd get much flavor carry through from that one, just because it was more. The flavors are more delicate, and by the time you mix it up with a bunch of flour and then, you know, put it in, you know, a toasted waffle. Right. You know, I think you're going to lose those delicate flavors over the, you know, the crisp toastiness of the waffle exterior. That makes it, it does make sense. I was just curious. It was a thought because I think that that would be really great in a breakfast, like a waffle it, or it, a pancake. Yeah, you know? the uh, the wing nut, I think, would uh, would certainly carry through some flavor to the, the finished waffle. That uh, I'm going to have to try. I, uh, I'm going to roll with, uh, with a, uh, a bomber as well. 
I like it a lot. Um, the sweetness is a little too much for me, which is strange to say because I like a lot of sweet things. Um, but um, great beer. And yeah, it's I, pretty I, cool I, that there's a chestnut in a beer. Well, I mean, we had the uh, – I forget exactly what it was, but I brought back that Jenny O's from Ohio that yeah. had the walnuts in it. Right. And that one was good as well. Yeah, I like the I like the ideas that um like I said, I'm really getting that impression of a nut brown that that just isn't hopped as as crazily. Yeah. And yeah, no, I like I, and I, I, I and I really like that and appreciate it and it's and you know, even with a strong hop character, the nut browns are ones that I go after and this is one that I'm like I said, this is I can see why this is the number like this is this is one of their standbys, like this is one of their beers that they sell a lot of. I could I could see why. Yeah. I think it would, it would appeal to a broad range of people too, both you know, beer geeks and uh, you know, your everyday everyday beer drinkers who are trying something new. Right? Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, on the gateway beer spectrum because the the bitterness is not very assertive. Yeah, but you have some complex flavors there yeah. that you know people that think all beer is macro lager right. are like oh. I think people that really enjoy um, <laughs> huzzah. I think if you really enjoy. Um, like a gingling lager, we you could we could hand them this one and have it Glenn. be a good transition over. Yeah, Glenn, exactly. Glenn, Glenn and Cliff are kind of our standbys of like, you know, generic general beer taste. Yeah. Um, so maybe we need to make a Glenn scale. <laughs> I rated four Glens. I rated four Glens and two Taylors. <laughs> so this on last a scale one... of Cliff the Glen. <laughs> It's not a long it's scale. A <laughs> it's the exact you go. Okay, now I get it. So this last one is also part of the Reverence series, and this is called Apotheosis, and it's a French style stays on that they don't have a ton of uh, in, um, info on as far as what about it is, but it was named celebrate the feast day of Louis the Ninth, and is named um, named because apparently there's a big statue of a uh, you know. In St. Louis, that's oh, yeah. in Art Hill. I don't know. I've seen pictures of it. I've never been I've, to it. Last time I was in... Uh, no, I've never been to St. Louis. I went to Kansas City, not St. Louis. Um, wrong chunk of Missouri. <laughs> Missouri? Uh, Missouri, yeah. Um, but this one comes in at 5.3% ABV. Um, 18 IBUs. Again, not aggressive at all there. Um, pale orange in color. And there definitely is an orange hue to it, which is kind of cool looking gives it almost kind of a honey tinge like yeah it, it. it definitely looks like a, a clover honey yeah um 13.5 degrees play-doh for for as an original gravity hallertau how i can't have a hard time with that one hallertau hallertau yeah hallertau pearl and how hallertau sapphire hops and they use german pills german munich and sapphire? german wheat no sapphire, sapphire? Yeah. s-a-p-h-i-r yeah there's also Hallertau Mittelfrutta. <laughs> you just curse me? There is. Is that the actual proper German pronunciation? Oh, fuck if I know. I, I, I just looked at the words and just made some shit up in a German language. I don't oh, fucking know. I, I've always thought it was Mittelfruth. It could be. I have no idea. I have no clue. I really don't. But it. Uh, I know that uh, when I re- ever I read that the description of it, I know it's supposed to be like kind of noble but also have some like fruitiness to it too. So... Um, and the side wanted. of the bottle doesn't say uh, anything else about it, but it does have a picture of the aforementioned statue on it. Um, so it's like one word sums up the the aroma, saison. Yeah, but it's uh, it's definitely subdued. 
Yeah, it's not a, a it's not like you know total funk style, but yeah. it, it's definitely a say you know it, no matter what you no, but me, like you would know some saisons like you know saison like I like Belgian yeast character, but some saisons like. Yeah, they decided the, to ferment it at like ninety eight degrees. Yeah, the aroma alone just kind of puts me off it before I even taste it. Like I, I don't get that with this. Like I, I, you know, the first thing I did was go in for a smell, and I was like, oh, you know, it, it seems pretty pleasant. Like yeah, it's an approachable saison. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of saisonness to it, but it doesn't like kick you in the nuts with the flavor. Right. Um. You know, anytime that the intensity of the aroma of something is so much that it like. You almost get that like wasabi hit when it like clears your clears your sinuses <laughs> yeah. and it's like in the back of your eyeballs. You're like whoa, but anytime you get that much of an intense like aroma on anything, I'm like I don't really enjoy that. Like I just don't want that level of intensity on anything. But the one on this one is very. I'm gonna say uh, it's reserved. I think reserved is the right phrase for it here. Yeah, it um. You know, just as a background for anyone who doesn't know what a saison is, and Mark will correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try to try to be, put my beer professor hat on, but essentially, it's from uh, it's a farmhouse style that was fermented. Um, typically, like you know, they didn't have very good fermentation control, so the yeast would express um, certain characteristics depending upon how warm it was when it was being fermented, basically, right? So you can get barnyard funk out of it. You can get a little bit of funkiness, all dependent upon the temperature. Well, it, you know the. Uh... A pepperiness is like the the most widely exhibited character from the yeast in a saison, and this definitely has it. But it, Kevin, you said it before, like it's definitely like restrained. So they probably fermented this a bit on the cooler side, but I like it. You know, the aroma wasn't too strong to put me off of it, and the flavor I find quite nice. Unlike some saisons where like it. The pepperiness goes from being peppery to like full on prickling my entire palate, and like the that sensory experience just kind of puts me off the beer, and I don't get this with that. I like a little bit more aggressive of a saison. I enjoy them. I you know, and it's also I'm the kind of guy who drinks one beer and moves on to something else. Almost no how no matter how good it is. So for me, I'm always want the weirdest thing I could possibly drink. Um, all right, we'll have to isolate that. Uh, um, not that crazy, but um, by the way, on a related subject, yeah, like I have on video you trying to deep throat your mic. Oh, super! That's <laughs> wonderful. If you want to drink the weird like, oh. <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> if it wouldn't get us banned from Instagram, we should make that the uh, the, uh, the logo. Yeah, the logo. As um, long as I don't like, you know. <laughs> Stick a dick over it. It should be fine. <laughs> I don't know. They get pretty crazy. But uh, uh, so as far as Saison goes, I enjoy this. Um, and, I, and I know that whenever I grab a Saison, it's going to vary wildly. So to have uh, an approachable Saison that you can say to someone, this is a Saison, and then potentially have another one that maybe is a little more barnyardy and you can kind of go and you can stretch people out a little bit. I, I really like this one. This one also has like a pleasant lemoniness to it. Which is Which weird is an for, odd thing for me to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, it's there, and I like it. It's, it's, you know, mm. I, I have no better way of saying it. Like it's a pleasant lemoniness, and it, it's like as far opposite of Sam Adams Porch Rocker as you can possibly get on the lemon spectrum. <laughs> I what I didn't even taste lemon. When I taste something that tastes good, I'm never going to say lemon because I also don't like lemon. I don't even get wa- a lemon in my water. When they bring a lemon, uh, a, a water with a lemon in it. 
I give it to Steph, and she gets two lemons in her water, which she <laughs> perfectly likes. I get, you know, like the lemon that I get out of this is on like the aftertaste, mm. like that, and it like lemon in water, like that's exactly the aftertaste that I get from this beer. I can see, I palate. can see how you're saying that. I don't necessarily think it's specifically lemon. I kind of get more of a generic citrus flavor to it uh, because it is. I think it's really faint, but. I think I I'm going to agree with you, Justin, in that it's a very approachable saison. Um, and actually, I enjoy it more than most of the saisons that I've had in the in recent memory. I feel like I had a few in the beginning of when I first tried that style, and I really enjoyed them. And then I had, and then recently I've had a handful that have just been way too much for me. And this one is kind of like a nice. Nice nod to the style. Like, listen, we're gonna do this. We're not gonna go. I, you know, we're not gonna go balls to the wall with it. But we're just gonna create a nice drinkable saison that hopefully you enjoy. And I really like this one. And it might be a change of pace beer for me, or have one on occasion for. I don't think I'm gonna go crazy with it, but um, it's better than a pint, but it's not a bomber for me. Right. I feel the same way. It quality wise, it's way better than a pint, but it's just. I'm not going to drink more than a pint of it in a sitting. I don't think any saison is really meant to be something that you drink repeatedly. I mean, in a row. You know, I think that mm. that flavor is just too you aggressive. Know, yeah, yeah. It, it's especially different than most anything else you eat and drink. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, a con, especially in the U.S., not a common flavor profile that you're right. going to get both peppery and sweet at the same time. Yeah, I no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I just I don't get a ton of the pepperiness that you talked about, Mark. But this may just be me. Um, yeah, again, it's very restrained. Yeah, I, and I think the whole thing is just that it's a really restrained version of a saison. That it's very much in that style. You know that it, that's what it is when you taste it, but it's none of it is so overwhelming that you're losing that you're getting overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I can agree. So you, I, you, you yeah, you I, pulled, I, really, you, I think it's really, really well done. I really like it. You, and you rated it a pint, right? Yeah, I'm rating it yeah. a. I'm rating it a pint because that's the actual volume of stuff that I'm going to drink. Right. But if I was putting this on like a star scale, I'd put it probably at like a three and a half or a four star beer because I think it's really, really good. Yeah. If you could buy a six pack, I would buy a you six. Put the six pack in the fridge. Yeah. Have uh, one tonight. One in a couple of days. Yeah, I'd, I'd come back to this one a few times, and I wouldn't be sad to have it around at all. I know what you mean. It's one of those ones where, like, it's in the fridge, and then you go, oh, oh, yeah, I have that. I oh, want yeah, that yeah, flavor yeah. right now. Like, yeah, yeah. it's the, that, and that th- excitement. And I definitely think that if you pair this with the right meal, it would be a really enjoyable beer. Yeah. That, um, you know, pairing this with a light meal, um, you know, like one of those, one of those summer dinners when you're just like, oh, man, I just, I want to eat, but I just don't. I can't have like this giant meal. I'd have this with a light meal, and I think it'd be really good. I could definitely see uh, enjoying this with some uh, some uh, accoutrements. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sneak that word in. There you go. Um, I'm also going to give it a pint um, for the same exact reason. It. Uh, I don't want to drink a lot of them in a row, but I want to have it around. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go with a bomber for it. Honestly, yeah. it's probably the saison, the the most enjoyable saison that I've had in uh, recent memory. As far as my perception yeah. goes, and uh, yeah, I could drink the bomber of it and be pretty happy. Hmm. Yeah, this is. If uh, I had some cheese and 
accoutrement. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The company said cheese yeah. at the same time, then that's a pretty damn good meal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, give me this with like a yeah, with you know, with a, with cheese or something or you know, I'm thinking like a like a salad that has like cheese and fruit and nuts and like you know, the the ones that's a, you know, a little bit crazier that has a more stuff, almost a Waldorf salad. Yeah. You know, something like that. I'd be in on that. And now I know it sounds oh. like the most wussy meal ever. Oh no! But like, I'm, I'm be all, I'm be all. I love that. me a Waldorf salad. Um, still doesn't have a great name as Schnickelfritz, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Schnickelfritz is still the kid, the killer name. I have to say that's I, you know, bar none. Other than Kentucky Ride Chicken, yeah, that's probably got to be one of the best ones. What I really want to hear is drunk people at the bar trying to order a Schnickelfritz. <laughs> hey, sh- Schnickelfritz! Yeah, that's probably got to be pretty entertaining. I would have to imagine. I'll take the Fritz. Yeah. I'm, you know, St. Louis is one of those cities that regularly hosts fencing tournaments. And so I'm hoping that if I ever end up going off that way to it for one of the tournaments, that I get a chance to sneak away and visit this brewery and grab a couple beers from them because... I could hang out and drink some of these. Well, I mean, if this is what they're putting in bottles, I don't know how much they bottle, but I mean, if it's like around here where, you know, most of the cool stuff comes out on tap and they're putting out standards into bottles, yeah. I'd love to see some of the, like, more out there cool stuff they're doing, if, yeah. they, if that's the case. And, you know, I, you know, looking through, I, can, I let me look through the website real quick, see if uh, some of the other stuff that they're making. But it's, I just think this is a really, I like that there is a different um, reservation, I'm, saying reservation but there's definitely a restraint in all the beers like we're not trying to do the most whatever version of any of them i think that goes back partly to the fact that you know the head brewer is straight out of belgium yeah and so you know he's he doesn't have quite the same mindset as the typical american crap brewer. Right. how much can i put in can Where i put in more yeah. i can always put Where, in more. like he's not the, the dial isn't always turned up to 11 Yes, our uh, our brew kettles go to eleven. <laughs> what what about if we just like make all of the settings a little <laughs> bit louder? No, no, no. <laughs> um, let's see. They have in what they call an, a Bavarian IPL, which is their version of an IPA, um, on here that they use mostly. Uh, how Howler Tau, Howler Tau to I don't know why I'm having a hard time with that. <laughs> you almost had it. Howler Tau, um, Mittelfru. Ah, how it's a mitofruta. Um That's how I'm gonna say it from now on. Doesn't matter um, if it's right. They have one called Fantasyland, which um appears to be like a um what is this? It's uh a much more American version kind of beer because it's got sixty IVUs, Cascade, Nelson Sauvine, Amarillo, and Centennial, and Chinook, oh. and Calypso hops in there. Oh shit. So that's your American IPA right there. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually want to want to give that a shot with that Nelson in there. Yeah, not with sixty IBUs. Yeah. Eh. What else? That, those no. are part of the Revolution series. Um, let me scroll over to the other side here real quick. Um, on more of their Ren- Reverence series, they have a Zwickel, which is a Z W I C K. Yeah, that's the that's the Polish one. Uh, I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong. It even has the key here. It's Zwickel. Yeah. Which is the flagship lager of their reference series. Um, and that one has a Pilsner and Caramel with the Halatau Pearl and Halatau Mittelfru. Which, it looks like a classic, you know, Pilsner, Czech, right? Pil- Czech yeah. Pilsner. Yeah. And they show you the picture of it and it's 
crystal clear, light yellow, huge head of foam. Like, let's get our later hosing on and drink tons of these. Polka till till the uh, lights go out. Yeah. Pull and, out the barrel. And <laughs> considering that we are recording on the third, and yesterday was Groundhog Day. Right. Do the Pennsylvania polka. <laughs> I had to watch it. I had to make sure. Oh yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Uh, it's such a good movie. I love that movie. Me too. Um, they have a multi uh, Martin style that Ooh. they make. Also, the movie that uh, you know ended the collaboration of Harold. Rami's and, and Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yep. Ah. Until um, Harold Rami's deathbed, where they finally reconciled. Is it Rami's or Ra- Rami's? I, yeah, I thought it was Har- Ramis. I thought it was Ramis too. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm also a little drunk. That's all right. But their Oct- but their Martin that they make are Ocats, as they put on the labels. There is the Okenkalschwaf. The fucking what? O a c h k a t z l s c h w o a f. You tell me how that. I hope that I hope that means like fuck your mother in some like weird German. Oa Kalschwaf. Oh Kalschwaf. Listen, I'm 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 not saying you're I love that they have the pronunciation guide on here, like so that you know, like you know, people like me can kind of figure this out, you know, because I forgot the language of the oppressor, but it's it's that's fucked up. But they just refer to it as Ocats, so. I wonder why. You but, were talking about drunk people saying fucking schnickel fritz. Yeah. I can't imagine that one. Yeah, so seriously. they seem to they seem to have a pretty wide um they seem to hit those those classic um you know middle European styles of the Pilsner of the you know, the Czech, the German, the Polish the kind of Germans? styles. Yes, exactly. Um but I'm really interested in it and I really like it. The ones that we had today yeah, I have piqued my interest. I definitely would like to try some of their other offerings. Eric, hand hand, Eric. Yeah, Eric, let us know. Let us. Uh, I don't know you, time, but I, I don't know you, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> next time Anna Maria heads out that way, I'm going to give her a list and be like, "Can you get these? <laughs> can you go? Can you make these happen on your next trip out to St. Louis, please?" That would be nice. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I always enjoy. The listener submissions. I know we try to gear towards Long Island beers, but experiencing beer from other regions that's as local right. for them is fantastic to me. So I love listener submissions. So thank you to anybody who has sent those in. And if you have a beer that you think we would enjoy or you just want to hear us try it and suffer through something that you think we would hate, don't care. Send it to us. Let us know. Um, Mark, what's the phone number? Uh, I don't remember off the top. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, I was going to do the same thing to it. I'm like, hoping, ah, do, I, do I roll this bus completely over Mark? I was, hoping, I was hoping Mark would. I, I thought you were. I was confident that you had it a little solid, more solid. 631-605-7240. Give yes. us a call. Let us know about it. If you want to organize a trade, we were would 100% love to trade you some of our Long Island favorites for some of your local favorites. Um, if you just want to send us beer, we can communicate and find out a way for you to give us beer. Cause we or if you just want to leave Justin some heavy breathing. Yes. Yeah, seriously. He's just, still waiting. He loves that. Still. Spank Bank is empty. Yeah. Help me out. All right. So uh, you guys have anything else? No, I think that does it for this episode. No. All right. Well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Schnickel Fritz. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com. 
on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Voyage, and Twitter and Instagram at BeerTasticShow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at BeerTasticVoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.